Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We continue our Lenten series, Jesus Comes to Service, with a sermon based on the work of Pastor Bernie Worrell. Here again the part that reads, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, he, she asked him for something. And he said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one on your right hand and one on your left in your kingdom. You may be seated. A major company was interviewing to fill a job. A 40-year-old candidate strolled in with his mother, taking along behind. And as the interview went on, she answered every question. The interviewer asked, do you want the job? Oh, I'm sure my son wants the job, she said. No, I asked you, said the interviewer. Do you want the job? You answered all the questions. You've heard about them. They've existed in every generation. But only since the hovering airborne machine was named, these mothers have been labeled the helicopter mom. These mothers will do the darndest things for their children. They will fight for their children. They will maneuver for them. They will defend them when they should not. They will support them in inappropriate times. All they want, of course, is the best for their children. They think they know. But Jesus, he knows what is best. He may ask you what you want, and you can tell him what you want, but actually he is going to tell us what we need. Every parent struggles with these two questions, what does my child want and what does my child need? The answers are not necessarily the same. Wants and needs don't necessarily line up. This is true in our own lives as well. We want, or what we want isn't always the best. Yet, what we need, Jesus knows. Jesus is here among us to fulfill our greatest need. He went to Jerusalem that Palm Sunday to rise to the occasion to meet our greatest need, the need of all humanity by offering himself on the cross for sin. Jesus is clearly speaking about his cross. This is the third time he has pointed his disciples to his upcoming death in Jerusalem. The first passion prediction was all the way back in chapter 16, and Matthew writes, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. And if you read this section of Matthew, Notice that Matthew has added a few more details, or I should say Jesus has added a few more details, the involvement of the Gentiles. And we know that's Pilate and the Romans. And that his death was by crucifixion. Yes, he wouldn't just be killed, but he would be killed in a most cruel and horrible way. As a criminal, executed. And yet, Nobody seems to be listening to Jesus. Nobody remembers as Jesus' words that on that Palm Sunday, as they yelled, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And yet we find those religious leaders planning the very thing that Jesus predicted. They're all focused on their wants and not what they really need.
Jesus' words are ignored like that dark, brooding uncle, you know, the one who always goes on about his body falling apart or about his cancer or about how the American way of life is just failing all over the place and you smile and you listen, you nod your head. You entertain his dark diatribes, but then quickly move on to something lighter. So too, Jesus hardly gets a hearing when he starts speaking about his cross. It's almost as if Nobody is listening. Well, I suppose they did hear one thing. They hear that Jesus is going up to Jerusalem. They're going up to Jerusalem with him. That's the capital city, the place where Jesus makes his claim to be king. And so the mother of James and John seizes the moment. Now, when Matthew tells us in his gospel that the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up with her two sons, Matthew connects this with the passion. The passion prediction of our Lord with this question? It's really absurd, isn't it? Jesus is talking about his cross. And the the mother of James and John is seizing upon glory. When this mother of her two children heard the words Jerusalem and that Jesus was going there, boom, she gets excited. She hears that Jesus is going to the capital. She thinks that Jesus is going to seize his throne. He is going to come into his glory and she wants her two sons to be there, one on his right and one on his left. What an irony that Jesus is going to Jerusalem and that he is going to be lifted on a cross. The ones on his right and on his left, now they're going to be two criminals, not James and John. In fact, all four gospels writers, excuse me, gospel writers give this same vision. They all picture Jesus on the cross, there with him, one on his right and one on his left. That That is Jesus coming into his kingdom, into his glory. And yet the mother of James and John does not understand. She only sees what's best for her sons. Would we want the best scholarship for our children and our grandchildren, even if they went to Concordia St. Paul? What parent doesn't want to see their child off the bench and starting for basketball or hockey? Who wouldn't want their prodigy to be successful and be the head of the line? You see, that's what parents do. So what if the other disciples are jealous of this shameless maneuver? They can languish because they lack boldness or a mom who's willing to ask the important questions in life. She seizes the opportunity, and Jesus asks her, what do you want? Her answer, say to these two sons of mine, are to sit one on your right and one on your left in your kingdom. Is that really the important question? Are we to be asking for what we want? Money is good. College education is good. 
meaningful work, a pleasant home, a safe neighborhood, good friends, a tight family, and health care to depend on. All these things are good, but do these things fill our greatest need? The most important thing is beyond all these, Jesus knows our wants, but he also knows our greatest need. And that's why he has set his face to Jerusalem. That's why he is talking like that dark, brooding uncle. Because he sees what's the most important thing in our life. Though we may not be paying attention, he is paying attention to what we truly need. We need him to go to Jerusalem, to suffer, to die for our sins, for he is the ransom for sinners. Jesus sees, his, Jesus sees his death and resurrection as a service to you and to me. This will not be where he lords it over the nations, though he will rule the world by grace. This is not where he comes in his power and glory, though he certainly will be raised in power and glory. Jesus goes to Jerusalem to be the servant of all. Jesus goes to Jerusalem to fulfill our greatest need. He is paying the ransom price. Now that word ransom price is infrequently used in the scriptures and four times there are unique references to this word in the New Testament. You'll notice it gets into the song of the songs of the angel in heaven in Revelation where the four living creatures and the 24 elders sing the new psalm. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain. By your blood you ransomed a people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on earth. Notice the ransom price. The blood of the Lamb. Notice the object of this price. A people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And the end result, you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God that they shall reign on earth. Oh yes, James and John, they will reign on earth just as it will be that every Christian will reign. Exercising the authority that Christ has given to every Christian over sin, death, and the power of the devil through the forgiveness of sins. We will pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We can forgive because we have been forgiven. And whereas there is the forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. That is the power of God's authority given to Christ and now to us. What should we want? It is what we really need. And it is Jesus going to Jerusalem, going to the cross, serving us by giving his life as a ransom for many. Amen. Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.